0: Welcome to BitCast on Podcast One, the video game podcast with the Axeman. Welcome back to the show. Today I am joined by a special guest who has introduced me to what we're talking about. Well, reintroduced me to what we're talking about today. Why don't you introduce yourself?
1: Oh, my name is Tootie the Fruity, I am a freelance visual novel developer slash creative writer slash creative consultant, and uh, I discovered that the Mario Brothers movie was on YouTube the other day, very late at night.
0: Oh uh, yeah, you had some of us watch the Mario movie with you, which I hadn't seen since I was a small child. I remember, like, I, I talked about this, I think, either on a Twitter or privately or somewhere, I don't know, but I used to like the movie as a kid, just out of brand loyalty. I thought, well, it's the Mario movie, I have to like it, or else I lose my street cred, even though I didn't know what street cred was at the time.
1: Street cred for the Mario fandom. Did you, like, live during, like, the era of Nintendo and Sega? Console Wars? Where the street cred actually matters. I, I mean kind of. I don't I don't think I even knew what
0: a Sonic was for a while. I thought I was like, oh, he's the blue thing.
1: They're all kind of playground Gang Wars as they were. Pokemon, Digimon, Pokemon, uh, Yu Gi Oh Pokemon and other Pokemon, but we're getting
0: sidetracked. Yeah, everyone everyone knew I was the Mario kid. No one ever really no one ever really tried to talk to me about Sonic though. They just they just left me alone with Mario stuff. But uh Anyway, yeah, I liked the movie as a kid, only out of brand loyalty. I had to convince myself I liked it. Then I watched it as an adult, and now I love it because of Bob Hoskins' performance as a gruff New Yorker
1: Mario. I think Bob Hoskins is British, right? Let me look that up really quick. He is. And typing as quietly as I can. Uh, rest his soul. Yeah, from Bury St Edmunds, um, West Suffolk, England. Born and raised. Yeah, he uh also played the role of
0: Smee in Hook with Robin Williams and Dustin Hoffman. And I don't I don't know if that if he's like doing up a Cockney accent or if that's what his actual accent is, but that that's what he sounds like when he's not Brooklyn, at least. I mostly
1: remember him from uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit.
0: Yeah, I think he was doing a similar accent as
1: Mario there, wasn't he? He got a lot of... got typecast a lot of roles for, like, gruff investigators after Roger Rabbit. It's
0: unfortunate that Bob Hoskins spent the rest of his life hating the Mario movie because... Well, it's understandable because there was a lot of trouble in the production wasn't there?
1: Uh, we, I watched a l- bunch of YouTube videos, just get myself caught up, and, uh, pretty much everything that could have gone wrong pretty much did. Which is kind of weird, because Nintendo, at the very outset, was trying to be, like, careful about how they were going to manage the property. Like, they didn't want to sh- shove it off down to some, uh, triple a hollywood studio didn't want to just do what everybody else was doing but they took in some strange directions because of financier pressure well i read that they weren't particularly
0: invested in the movie because they were more interested in seeing how their brand would survive regardless of how it goes
1: well, they were picky about the studio they were going with, and then once they picked their studio, they managed to work out a pretty good deal on their end, in which they got 100% of the merchandising rights. And this one studio was more of an art house studio, not really known for too much in particular. Let me look that up really quick. Did you keep mentioning the directors. Specifically, whenever I'm looking, here we go. I think it was Light Motive. Light Motive is what I was looking for. And they were mostly known for like, low budget independent films. So, not a huge pedigree, but they did work on some cool art house stuff. So, it was a very interesting choice for the Mario movie.
0: And I think they changed a few aspects of the movie. Sometimes, even on the day of recording, they would change parts of the script. It disillusioned the actors a lot to
1: it. It's was very interesting about that front because it's pretty much like a production mess on the back lines. Like, or even early on, it was, like, very, very difficult of, like, how they were going to choose, like, what people are going on to the project. And the part that stands out for me generally is, like, the director team that they ended up with, which was a husband and wife also from... The good old UK. Um, that was a very interesting choice. I think they're kind of like getting their hands tied behind their back at that point because they're going, they were hunting for a director. They, did, they had an empty, empty director seat. They couldn't really get anybody because they keep going through them one at a time and then eventually they end up with. Let's get their names really quick. Let's see, it's Rocky Morton. And Annabelle Jankel, their husband and wife, and they're more known for, like, this weird cyberpunk thing from the UK called Max Headroom. And nobody who's on the west coast of the Atlantic probably knows what that was. I don't know what it was. It's some. It's basically, like, a weird, like dystopian news show with, like, an AI news anchor. It's like, how do you get this to apply to the Mario aesthetic? It's a very strange choice of directors, but the general mood is that they were running out of time. The financiers are putting pressure on them. Just get this going. And basically, they pretty much went with them, but the director team demanded... uh, pretty much a total rewrite of the script that everybody who signed on for really enjoyed and the earlier scripts were more in the vein of like the princess bride very high fant not not high fantasy, but fantasy
0: whimsical totally took over the production to the point where they were very infamous among the actors and the crew nobody liked them which is kind of funny that one of their last names is morton who is already an enemy of mario
1: uh yeah. The, the 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 grungiest of the couplings, as it were. I don't want to give them one hundred percent of the bad rap, but I'd probably give them like seventy percent. A lot of the producers were kinda of like uh, tiptoeing around them a lot and definitely contributed to confusion. Like they ran through a lot of scra- scripting rewrites, which isn't necessarily which A bunch of them are on the director team, but a bunch of them weren't, and they weren't specifically run by anybody, so they were just kind of sprung on. Basically, just lots and lots of miscommunication all around. It's a really good. I think this movie is interesting to me, not because it's a good or bad movie, it's a really bad movie, but. It's very interesting, in the same way that like Mighty Number no. Nine is interesting today. It's a very good case study of what you shouldn't do
0: on a movie set. Kind of like a proto room in a way.
1: I need to do more research about how the room was developed because the room was very art housey and trying to develop by somebody who thought they really knew how movie making worked in... They managed to convince everybody else they did. It's, it's a very strange situation on both parts for very different reasons. Mario, Super Mario Brothers walked so the room could run.
0: Or maybe more accurate would be, Super Mario Brothers stumbled so the room could trip.
1: Down a flight of stairs.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of weirdness in the scripts, like a lot of things are changed like Toad wasn't always himself in different parts of the movie like
1: which is strange because you take this version of Toad who's basically a really annoying little dingus and you compare it to modern narrations and not much has changed like they, pre- they predicted that pretty well yeah,
0: they also predicted Luigi and Daisy being a thing.
1: Yeah. Well, they need to show it's in some kind of romantic relationship, though I guess it's a bit weird now that Daisy is dinosaur. Yeah, they really
0: worked with a dinosaur angle from Super Mario World with this movie.
1: Yeah, I think Mario World released around the time of when they were... Basically pitching the ideas, and they really went in on that to kind of ride the wave, which is a strange angle, considering dinosaurs otherwise don't really have that huge of a role in the franchise. And then you take the dinosaur elements and the weird cyberpunk elements that the direct team really wanted, and all kind of weird mishmash that that doesn't really resemble what the Mario aesthetic was at all. Though I can't really fault them on that front, because what is the Mario aesthetic to that point? You're bas- aside from like the color palette, I think they screwed up the color palette a lot. But. I feel like
0: if they changed the design of the Goombas, and if they gave John Leguizamo a mustache, people would be more forgiving for a lot of the designs of the people in the movie.
1: I think the casting was alright for the most part, it's just a lot of the set set design kinda like gives people a very wrong idea of what Mario is like because if you look at any Mario game it's more it's very vibrant. Very colorful, lots of blues, lots of greens, lots of reds. And when you take distill it down to like a capitalistic cyberpunk dystopia, it's all really grungy and there's the fungus doesn't look like the kinds that the mother that the m- brothers eat. It's very strange. It's just New York, but with spikes everywhere. Yeah, and fungus, and there's no sun because it's underground. There, there is sun in like the desert scene. Yeah, it's so weird. Like they don't have. There is no sun in the main city, but you go through a tunnel and suddenly there's just a big streaming desert. Was this Midgar? I mean. They're both dystopias, (laughs) fueled by capitalistic
0: regimes. I like to imagine that the cyberpunk Bowser City tracks in Mario Kart 7 and 8 are kind of a reference to this movie, even though I don't think they're
1: intended to be that. Well, you see Neo Bowser City, it's more like a... I want to say like Tokyo Metropolitan in terms of like, it's very lit up, it's very... Flashy,
0: yeah, it's a, it's a little not
1: really grungy. It's a little more, more
0: in line with the Mario tone, but it's still kind of a cyberpunk Bowser City of, 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 of sorts.
1: Mm. Cyberpunk is a very, it's an aesthetic that's kind of far removed from Mario. I don't think I've seen a lot of Mario aesthetics really attempt cyberpunk. One thing
0: that caught my attention was that there are, I might have already touched on this a bit, some surprising deep cuts in the movie for a lot of the flack it gets for not adhering to Mario. It actually does have a lot of solid, subtle references to the first three main games and Mario World, like how... Like how the king is transformed into some other thing and gets restored after the boss is defeated—that's all over the place in
1: Mario Brothers Three. There are very limited plots in the actual game themselves that can't that that can be up summarized between one page of the instruction manual or on the back of the box. So it's good that they managed to get that much and throw in like a few like blink and you'll miss it character references. Maybe not blink if you miss it, like Big Bertha named after the actual fish is pretty on point. Um, I think aesthetically it's not really a good matchup, and that's usually where people take issue with it because of where all these clashing tones... But some of the plot elements... They, they, they try their best with, like, the, the limited plot elements that the game offer, and then they take some of the elements that are implied, and they kind of, like, run away with them. Like, the actual plumbing in the movie is, like, probably the most important plot element of the movie. And in the games, it's like, they go through pipes. They don't actually do a lot of plumbing. You never see them working with tools. You never see them manage water flow. But there's so much about the actual, like, plumbing in the movie. It's basically their superpower. They're super
0: they're super plumbers. It's to the point where President Bowser has a
1: plumber alert. Plumber alert. Plumber alert I guess if they're traversing through pipes they gotta have a plumber alert. What, what would be the basis of a plumber alerts? Like, what happened in the past that would necessitate a plumber alert? Did somebody just, like, turn a valve and flood the city with sewage? Is this... Are plumbers the equivalent of terrorists in the Koopa Society? Why do we need an alert? <laughs> do they have red and green alerts? Where's the yellow alert? Is Wario implied to exist in the movie? I don't know.
0: I think... At least in an earlier version of the script, because of all the rewrites, it might have been mentioned that there was some interdimensional crossover in the past. There might have been incidents. I don't know. And
1: I think it's more to do with the fact that there were more script rewrites, and they just came in hard and fast and constantly. And the directors were not a fan of some of the more recent rewrites that tried to like make it humorous, and somebody probably just thought the idea of the plumber alert was hilarious and especially out of context it's hilarious because why is it there why do they have a plumber alert why is he? Why is Bowser ordering pizza in the middle of the plumber alert well, he's hungry <laughs> you'd think they would have his own caterer and I wouldn't have to order di- order Koopa Pizza out, hold the mammal he's supporting the economy toady fr- Fruity you are oh i guess i guess when we did watch it was national takeout day <laughs> uh
0: yeah, a lot of people like to think scapelli was a reference to wario or something but i i think this came out a little before mario land 2 so that wouldn't really be feasible
1: I think Scapelli is just, like, a general Italian name that they can kind of, like, loosely attribute to, like, it sounds mafia-esque. Yeah. Maybe they, they had a more important role in a, some kind of earlier draft, and then they just get yeeted to, they get isekai'd into the Koopa world, and the Scapelli just kind of, like, disappear from the plot entirely. Mario, where are we? Luigi, we've been isekai'd. Not only that, we've been in a
0: harem, Isakai. guy. So, uh, what was I gonna say about? Oh yeah, Scapelli. Uh, some people like on the Mario Brothers Movie Archive site. Uh, they think he might have been a reference to Foreman Spike from Wrecking Crew, who is technically one of Mario's earliest opponents, possibly before Bowser even.
1: Maybe. I haven't gone that deeply into the Super Mario Brothers movie fandom, because that seems like a hole that once you fall into, you can never truly escape. Not unlike a flushing of a toilet. Well, I feel like that's kind of part of the experience at this point, the,
0: the legacy of the movie.
1: This is Mario archive is a very... You you kind of have to give it applause in terms of, like, how they managed to digitize this entire archive so it can be preserved for generations to come. And they have so, so much. They have all of these... I'm looking at concept art of the various weapons that they made. Like the stun stick and the super scope prop that they probably adapted to be Devo guns. Oh yeah, those... Like you go and then you go on the main page and the first takeaway is like, oh my goodness, they're still they were still updating 2019. They haven't made an update in several months. But like up to that point, like are massive like fan community pushes, r- routine editorials. Somebody wrote about how capitalism is Koopaism, which is a more modern political deconstruction and how the movie relates. It c- comes off like a. University thesis.
0: Uh, This
1: movie profoundly impacted these people. I tried. There's a sequel comic that I can't find because the website is down. And that's a shame because based on the one panel I could see, it actually looked pretty not bad. I heard that. But I can't tell. It kind of doubles
0: down on the drama
1: and the action. Really downplays the comedic aspects from what I heard. Yeah, I imagine that'd be the case, considering the comedic aspects were pr- more or less introduced last minute to the chagrin of the director team. They, they they, hated the comedic aspects, but stuff kept getting changed pretty much constantly. Nobody could really get a say in. A uh, casting crew were all getting tired of it. The Mario Brothers were getting completely wasted on set. It was a madhouse. You just call them the Mario Brothers? Yeah, yeah, the, but... Hoskins and Leguizamo were both admitted they were just getting completely wasted on set, sometimes doing their lines while they were on drugs. Well, I think Leguizamo admitted that he was hopped up on something when he was doing driving around the uh, plumber mobile.
0: John Leguizamo has come around on the movie over time. He's softened up on his opinion of it. Like H- Hoskins and Hopper, like they both hated it right to the
1: bitter end. Yeah. Well, those well the, th- the perspective between those guys is that Hoskins and Hopper were pretty much veteran actors at that point. They've been a few things. They would have illustrious careers p- past that. Like this was probably the movie that put him on the map. Fair enough. Like after this, uh, like it was a bad movie. It was probably a terrible experience to work on it for the most part. But looking back on it, it was like it made him, it made him a, some a name that people knew. Like you gotta look back on that a little fondly. And I bet he had a good time partying with veteran actors and rubbing shoulders because the actual cast of the Mario Brothers movie was really, really good.
0: Yeah, uh, I heard that it's on some level, like I think Hoskins was interested in being Mario for his kids, like a few prospective Mario actors were, like Dustin Hoffman and Tom Hanks. Imagine the timeline where Tom Hanks was Mario.
1: Oh, uh, that's a tragedy, because Tom Hanks at the time, like, he was considered, he was up for it, but then the producers got cold feet because this was during a relatively temporary stretch of Tom Hanks, like, showing up in underperforming movies. Like, yeah, can he can he carry a triple-A cinematic iconic masterpiece like the Mario Brothers? So they cut him, and we could have had Tom Hanks as Mario. I guess we could still have Tom Hanks as Mario if they do that with eliminations. Yes. <laughs> The role he was born to play, at
0: long last.
1: It's been twenty years.
0: <laughs> we'll have we'll have a friend in him.
1: I am cautiously excited for the Illuminations movie. A lot of we know a lot of art house animated animation junkies are pretty tepid on them because Illuminations is pretty uh. They, they, they have a process and the process is kind of like to streamline it and cut costs as much as possible. Uh, their
0: process is slap a
1: minion on it and send it out. Yeah, pretty much, but it's more like they have like they have animation techniques to just like reduce costs. so you see their budgets against their profits and they make way more money compared to the actual investments they put in. Uh, so, this probably seemed like a good deal for Nintendo, because the cost would be low, and that's usually been a priority for Nintendo, in terms of, like, keeping risk mitigated. Well,
0: after the Pikachu movie and the Sonic movie, I like to think that we're finally getting away from bad video game movies, but I can also see it as kind of, like, hubris before the fall. They'll think, oh, we can do a Mario movie, it'll be easy, oh, no.
1: The Mario Brothers movie kind of like set up the stigma that all video game movies are going to be bad forever, but. There isn't really a common trend. It's more like various bad actors are acting badly in their own uniquely bad ways. Just to go off a checkpoint list, you can go like Final Fantasy, The Spirits Awaken, which is when you try to get like an illustrious video game script writer on a movie, and then you decide, oh wait, this is full of exposition, and it drags, and we have to fit this into a two-hour movie, what we would otherwise do for like a... 60 hour game like that doesn't translate and then you get bad actors like ewe bull like shoveling out trash after trash i think for a long time the best video game movie was mortal combat because they both boas- because they used the relatively safe strategy of just getting fighters like actual martial artists instead of a-list actors and the choreography was just solid and they didn't really get to up their own butts in terms of production
0: yeah the sequel kind of had a problem with trying to fit in too many characters and stuffing johnny cage in the fridge but apart from that i don't remember people saying too many bad things about the mortal Kombat movies
1: uh let's, let's be clear most of the mortal Kombat movies are bad i was just thinking about like the very first one oh, that they tried to put out which was really solid the street fighter movie Oh, I love the Street Fighter movie. It's so bad. Oh, that's also really bad. And it was another case of a video game company just trying to cash in as quickly as possible at something low risk. And to their credit, they did cash in because they make so much money on redistribution and syndication. They make so much money off of that. Capcom itself. So... That's that's funny. I think the video game movies are bad as the trend is just various bad actors. I don't think it's necessarily like an a point against like translating the genre. I feel like part of it might have
0: also been video games still being relatively new and not really understood how to make it palatable in a movie format just yet.
1: Yeah, there. there uh, was that a time there weren't really plots for the most part that you can summarize on the back of a box or an instruction booklet though, as we're getting to more modern day blockbusters uh, st- the struggle is still there I remember Prince of Persia and War- Warcraft pretty vividly
0: Yeah, I remember I watched the Prince of Persia movie I didn't really play any of the games though, so I didn't have too much of an opinion on that movie I, th- I thought it was okay yeah. though
1: I think to tie those into the narrative that the medium isn't necessarily bad, just misuse. I think they're more trying to emulate bigger budget like movies that already worked. Like you can see like Pirates. You can see the Pirates of the Caribbean within Prince of Persia, that influence. And for Warcraft, you can see the influence of Lord of the Rings by Peter Jackson in that too. They're just trying to emulate better movies, not their own source material. I didn't know there was a Warcraft movie. Uh it was relatively recent like within like the last 5 years it wasn't great. We could talk about bad video game movies all day.
0: It's kind of an interesting subject. But uh yeah,
1: I guess the Mario movie is
0: kind of the kind of the crown jewel of that kingdom.
1: It is it is the first king that that, domin- that has dominion over the Fungusy Kingdom. And it kind of like set the standards of what would come from there, and those standards just were really, 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 really hey, low. Trust the fungus, okay? Trust the fungus. Oh, that that trips me up every time I watch the movie. Like, there's a lot in the Mario Mario Brothers movie that's just like baffling out of context. Like, just the very first introduction alone, where Bob Hoskins is just talking into your ear about hey. What if what if the meteor didn't kill the dinosaurs? What if it <laughs> What if you create a parallel universe with dinosaurs involved in terrible people just like us? It's like I would think you were crazy, Mario. Well, I gave Super Mario Brothers the movie
0: to the Pope when I came to visit him, so this is what he had to say about my theory, and
1: uh, i re- Did you get excommunicated? Nah uh, actually he... He he de-evolved me. Oh. Uh. Monkey. Monkey.
0: I think people also think Scapelli might have been like a slanted Donkey Kong reference because not only does he turn into a monkey, but he's at a construction site for most of his screen time.
1: That probably makes a bit more sense, yeah. Oh yeah, the other thing I was about to get to is about how, why does Leguizamo trust the mush- mushrooms so implicitly? You did
0: say that they were kind of doing drugs.
1: No, the actors are doing drugs. But it was like, Luigi, it, Luigi it... reaches for like a bomb in the fungi, it... and he thinks, and he, the first thing that comes to his head is just like, oh, we gotta trust the fungus, I think it's communicating with us. It like, bled into Luigi, like, Luigi logic.
0: got a contact high from John Leguizamo.
1: It's all in your head, uh, Luigi. It was a mushroom, Luigi.
0: Anything else to say about the Mario movie?
1: Uh, what what else is on here? I, I'm still disappointed that I couldn't find the comic. I think I would have to get like a subscription to Nintendo Force, the online magazine. They had a few comics in there. I don't know if they're still doing them. That would be something worth looking into because the website is down. It's probably been down for years. It was out in two, it was out in 2013. It's probably not coming back. Aww. By that I mean the website was released in 2013. I'm not sure when it went down, but if it's not up now, I don't have faith it's going to come back. It didn't have the sheer tenacity that the Mario Brothers Archive has. Which is weird because it was like a collab between the people who run the archive, so you think they would rehost it somewhere but it's just down. I don't understand where it went. It went the way of Lemmy's Land. Oh,
0: that's a deep cut. Gotta pay homage to my alma mater.
1: They have homages, various fan homages, like all down through this list. They were, they're, they're working on a reanimated project, which I was surprised to hear. They announced really? that last year. I,
0: I, I think I remember joking about that being a thing. I didn't know that was actually being worked on.
1: Uh, there's a Google spreadsheet and it got announced sometime in 2019 or 2018. I'm gonna scroll through here. Let's see, reanim. Yeah, here we go. Uh, May 14th, 2019 is when it was announced. I'm not sure where it is right now. There is a project document. Let's look it over. The Mario Evolved project is basically in the same vein of like Shrek Retold, the Kirby Reanimated, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah, that that is a thing that is theoretically being worked on. There is a Discord server. There is a Discord server.
0: Oh, I'm sure I when d- it comes out, I'll find it sooner or later. I should probably push my friends to join some of this. Yeah, reanimation is kinda interesting. I guess that's that's become the new thing among animators on the internet is to kinda put their own spin on like forgotten or or well. Yeah, put their own spin on media and maybe kind of give give a source material a second chance.
1: Yeah. It's also, something to do is, like, a lot of these creators are relatively obscure, and if you're taking, like, a well-known property like Shrek, because Shrek was the first one that really did this, it gives, like, these artists, like, a platform to, like, show off their brand and their individuality while kind of, like, using Shrek as a platform. And being part of a collective and basically repurposing like material everybody knows and like having their own pretty much sense of what makes them them as creators, which I think is neat. And Mario Brothers movies sounds like a pretty good engine for this because
0: I think the aesthetics were the biggest sin of the Mario movie. So if the reanimation kind of stays more truthful to the source material in terms of aesthetics maybe it'll end up being better in some regards than the movie
1: I don't think it's gonna take much for this project to be better than the source material I think that you'll get Gruff Bob Hoskins Gruff Bob Hoskins' best boy I would want him as my brother as your
0: Mario brother
1: 2D Mario. And Mario Mario. Mario Mario. There are three Marios. And Luigi Mario. I did like Leguizamo's like, performance in that movie pretty thoroughly. I like all of the actors' performances for the most part. It's just the script was a lot of stuff happening and plot pushing them along to different places. It was kind of schizophrenic in that regard. Which, again... Billions of rewrites, so that's what you get. Yeah.
0: Any closing thoughts on the Mario movie?
1: Uh, it's bad. I think it's really interesting. I I I like I like talking about it. I probably like talking about it more than watching the movie.
0: That's fair.
1: But it's really fun. It's very fun to dissect and see where stuff went wrong, and there's a very vibrant community around it. That's Using it as like a cautionary tale or kind of like just exploring how the disparate elements are swirling around in a miasma and come together in strange but wonderful ways. Again, The Room.
0: <laughs> the, the Room might be one of my all-time favorite movies, and for all the wrong reasons... <laughs>
1: I I love the room. I could go on about the room and how like they have framed pictures of spoons, but I think that's a podcast for another day. I did attend a pod I did attend a midnight screening for that while I was in Austin, Texas a few years ago, so that was a good time, but that's neither here nor there. Thanks for coming on the show, by the way. So good. I love talking about this thing that we watched together that you pretty much put on the background to play Animal <laughs> Crossing some more. Any uh, plugs? I
0: remember you had one you wanted to talk about your Twitter.
1: Uh, you you can visit my Twitter at, at 2tthefruity.com. Not.com, not, not, just at 2tthefruity. Oh, Twitter.com. On my Twitter.com. I got a small blog. Oh, yeah, I have a Patreon. I should probably pin the Patreon, but you can find me there too if you're using the same search info. And you make
0: visual novels or. Contribute to making them, at least.
1: I have directed a few in my past, which means I have a bit of insight about how movies would be made because it has a few of the same mechanisms of organization that you would imply. You need artists, you need writers, you need code, you need people working stuff in the background to make it all come together. It's decidedly similar, although on a much, 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 much reduced scale in terms of production. Yes, I've had
0: both of our
1: community's big
0: visual novel names on the show now. I'm going places Tommy Wiseau will notice wow. me soon.
1: <laughs> maybe Tommy Wiseau will let me do the room, the visual novel.
0: Maybe maybe Tommy Wiseau can like, get on here and we can talk about, I, I, I don't know, the Street Fighter movie.
1: Uh, yes, a modern
0: classic. <laughs> Uh Well, if uh, any of you listening to this want to hear more of me for some weird reason, just follow the BitCast on Twitter. You can also find the show on Podcast One's website and on the mobile app for Podcast One. And uh, the episodes are also on iTunes or whatever the equivalent is these days. Uh, Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you on the
1: next one. Bye. Toodles a single homper
0: listen to Bidcast anytime on podcast1.com and on the podcast1 app